Assalamu alaikum my dear sisters, I hope you're well, it's Hannah here, welcome to Her Story Inspires podcast. MashaAllah, episode 7 was so beautiful, wow, you need tissues for this one my dear sisters. Alhamdulillah, the audio was perfect for this one and I didn't have to go and get those funky looking headphones. Um, Alhamdulillah, can you believe that? All it was is that I just needed to use my phone headset. That was the answer, subhanAllah. But alhamdulillah, audio was great. And um, yeah, it was a fantastic episode. So Lena opened and shared her heart with us. Her story was one of heartbreak, grief, loss and healing. She very kindly shared the last moments of her mother's life with us, where her mum took her shahada. Her declaration of faith, subhanAllah, how beautiful. Lena also very courageously shared her journey of faith, coming from a Catholic background in Lithuania, Lithuania to finding Islam in the UK about 10 years ago. Her journey of faith was one of ups and downs, something many of us can relate to. Please do share this episode with all your contacts, especially Revert sisters, so that it can inspire them to never give up on their loved ones. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless and honour our beautiful sister Lina Um Ayaz and her family and all of you who are listening and watching her Story Inspires podcast. That's it from me now my lovelies. Take care inshallah and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillah. We all have a story, a story of pain, a story of shame, guilt, sadness and grief. A story of ups and downs, highs and lows that gave birth to who you are today, that empowered you to stand tall despite how broken you felt inside. And it's this that makes you special, beautiful, strong and inspiring. Her Story Inspires is a weekly online show where women will be sharing their story of courage to leave you feeling inspired and more importantly to know that you're not alone. Oh, Assalamu alaikum. Habiba. Wa alaikum salam. How are you? Alhamdulillah, nervous. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be absolutely fine. Don't worry. Uh, we've got Binta Somal who's here today. Uh, mashallah. All right, are you ready to begin, inshallah? Yes. Okay, let's start. So, Bismillah wa salatu wa salam ala Rasulillah. Rabbi shrahli sadri wa yasalli amri wa hlul uqbatan min lisani yibqahu qawli Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Um Ayaz Wa alaikum wa salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Allah, we're really really honoured to have you on today uh, for episode 7 of Her Story Inspires podcast So Lina Um Ayaz is a wife and a daughter, mashallah and a sister She's a mother of two beautiful children, mashallah, she's also a revert, and she's originally from Lithuania. So, uh, and she's been Muslim for 10 years, mashallah. So we're really, really honored and really excited um, to hear your story. So, Thank you so um, much for having me. No problem, Habibti, absolutely fine. Um, let's go way back to Lena as a child. What was she like? Um... Uh, maybe I would start by saying that whatever I'm going to be saying today, um, I'm a very emotional person. So if anyone's looking for a sense of um, 
clarity is not going to happen. <laughs> All this story is going to be run with emotions. Yeah, and that's so, the main thing, um, to, to speak from uh, an authentic place. So that's great, mashallah. Yeah, yeah. Now common sense, it just flows away every time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I was born in Lithuania. I'm sort of half Russian, half Lithuanian. My mom was Russian. Allah and dad Lithuanian. And um, I was born in a Christian uh, family. My grandmother from that side was very strict Christian. Mm. Every Sunday was a churches. Every uh, every um, Easter's, Christmases, families gatherings. Uh, you needed to read the Bibles, all sorts of things. You know, I believe every Christian does. Every Christian Catholic. Mm. And um, I did what I was told, but if to be if to be honest, um, I think it was always, um, you just do what you're told and that's it. I've never kind of went into emotionally with that. Okay. More than anything, I'm happy to say um, I had my relationship with God. Back mm -hmm. then, it was a God. Um, never had the relationship with um, um, Jesus, Isa Salam, mm. or Mary. Okay. It was always sort of, um, I saw God as something else, like my protector. Let's say you come from school and you have a bad mark. And you don't want your parents to find out because they're not going to let you go out to the play with your friends. Yeah. So I would walk and I literally would be like, God, come on, please. You know, I know I'm, I'm guilty, but... Just, just for today, because I really have to go out with the friends. Just for today, let them not ask about the marks. Let them find out tomorrow. And believe me or not, it would work. Subhanallah. It would really work. <laughs> and that was always something that I would hold on to if, if, if bad things would happen. I would just, I would go directly talk to God. It was never, never Trinity. I never understood Trinity. Never understood any of those things. And, um, yeah, it was a bit of influence by my dad. My dad was a bit like that as well. Mm. Sort of, um, you know, there's a God. You can talk to him anywhere you are. It doesn't have to be a church. So it was, um, yeah, that was me. You know, kind of simple, mm. God-believing girl. Pretty much that was it. You I know, when, you when know. it was a you know, in Lithuania, like, how was, like, how, like, is Islam there? Are there, are, are there Muslims there? Are there mosques there? Like, because obviously, uh, a lot of the time we have this misconception that there is no Islam at all in East Europe. Um, when I was growing up, the only time I've heard about Islam was in history lessons. Mm -hmm. And I've never heard anything about Islam when I was growing up. Right now, I'm so proud to say that there's, um, there's a masjid. One in, um, it's not in the capital, it's in the second big city. And uh, there's sort of a masjid in the capital. There's a lot of Muslims, but all Muslims, majority are Russians. Mm -hmm. uh, from Russian countries. But I can see growing numbers now between sisters. MashaAllah. It is, it is really growing and... Um, I'm very, uh, majority of Lithuanian Muslims right now are still in UK or America. Mm. It's still, um, a, 
it's not a very comfortable place to be mm-hmm. it's not like you're going to be you know um nobody's not going to tell you anything but it was a very strong christian country you might get a lot of looks mm-hmm. not to be not 100% safety okay okay so, and um which christianity did you follow like which sect or catholic i was a catholic okay subhanallah you know um my husband he's a he, he was he was raised a catholic as well um and he said similar things to you as in like um he didn't believe in like trinity yeah um, and yeah. he didn't believe never in, understood yeah. yeah like nothing at all um and apparently they do this on purpose i'm not sure if that's if that's correct um because as a child you find it difficult to comprehend you know to worship like three in one that's and, the thing to understand truly to believe to truly understand that unity is kind of very deep concept mm. you kind of have to understand so many things why is it really this or that and it was too complicated for me mm. too yeah. too complicated i was like okay there is a god who mm. created me and you know i'm happy with that Okay. Never kind of uh, even read the Bible and everything, but nothing. I didn't want to go deep into religion. Plus, being religious back home, whatever religion you choose is a bit sort of you too religious, too extreme. Okay. If that makes sense. So, okay. kind of go to Sunday church is only to meet the family. Mm-hmm. Just show yourself that you then pretty much that's it. Okay, I see. Okay. Um so when did your journey start then Lena with um with finding Islam like when did that start? Okay, I'm going to say something but I hope no sisters or brothers will get upset with me. But it's a true story and I have to mention it for people to understand how I came from ignorance into believing. When I came to this country, I came by bus mm-hmm. in July 2014. And the very first Muslim I saw was uh, in Bay Chapel who was passing by the bus was passing by she was all covered in niqab jilbab gloves and it was July it was hot the first thing i thought bloody hell that must be really hot mm-hmm. that was it and the second thing i saw a lot of asians holding hands if that makes sense sort of brothers holding their hands to congratulate i don't know what was that but i thought the There's a lot of love between men and men in this country. <laughs> If you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Allah <laughs> forgive me but that was my ignorance. Yeah. I I I I really thought the sort of the other way right around, you know, not like brothers. But they holding hand is so unacceptable in my country. We men don't hold each other. Men don't hug each other. Mm-hmm. And they literally walk and hold each other's hands. I was like, well, okay. that's a different country that's a muslims of like okay mm. so that was my first initial sort of observation may allah forgive me um and then i met people mm-hmm. i met people and uh, they used to talk about islam and it was very i've never you know some people convert to islam through reading quran mm. or doing their own research yeah for me being me emotional was always about how people behave subhanallah it was never about the book it was never is it was sort of okay i can read the book but you know i will watch how muslims behave rather than what the book says if that makes sense back then 
And um, obviously, I met a lot of Muslims. I I did sort of was doing my own research here and there a little bit, reading about what is Islam. The one thing for me always uh, was the most amazing thing, how simple Islam is. For instance, um, why do we have to do wudu? And it was always with every question why, I would get direct answer and the answer that would make sense. Not like Trinity, for instance. Mm-hmm. Trinity is complicated thing. Why? How? And it's something, if you have further questions, well, you just have to believe and that's it. There's no like, nothing further. But with the Islam, every question you had, you had, there was direct answer. Very straight mm-hmm. explanation to what is what and how is how. Yeah. Yeah, so that really struck me. I was like, whoa, this is something I can understand. This mm. is something I can go on with. Second most important thing for me was probably, I lived in Green Street in East London. Okay. And I used to go to work and being a European, I'm not going to lie, I used to get so many looks, mm. so many whistles, so many, oh, hello, baby, hello, darling, all of that. Yeah. And believe me or not, I hated it. I can imagine. And I had a friend, she was a Pakistani, quite, actually younger than me, girl. She would walk with the hijab, simple hijab. And uh, believe me or not, what I did, on the way to work only, and on the way back, I would put hijab. And the very first experience, I walked on the street and there was two men walking in front of me, which absolutely they would uh, approach me or say something they literally put their head down wow so wait lena as a non-muslim you put on non-muslim yes subhanallah and they put their head down and i was like wow i want to do this oh i want to do this i've got shivers (laughs) that's amazing It it was something like out of this world i was like this is good I could walk peacefully, even like um, winter times, let's say if I'd finished six o'clock, which is already late and dark, I could walk peacefully knowing that, or and if I would go, let's say, to the shop, they wouldn't be, oh, hello, baby, hello, darling, what would you like? It'd be like, yeah, how can I help you? And I was like, yeah, yeah, help me, I'm good. <laughs> so that was like another sort of very big mark in my memory why sort of okay Islam this is good this is respect this yes. is this is you know this is what I want mashallah so you saw how Islam protects the woman subhanallah yes. absolutely yeah that okay. was and honors me. and honors the woman right. as well subhanallah absolutely yes yeah subhanallah I, I had a similar experience as well like even though I was born Muslim I didn't wear hijab for like 18 19 years and Allah just guided me one day and I put on the hijab and literally I had the same experience to you that literally yeah. the first time I left my house and no guy was looking and I was like, oh, no one's looking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that was for me was uh, purely, you know, like sort of, yeah, that I had enough. So men were too, too horrible. Maybe that was my experience. Maybe that was, you know, for me. Yeah, mashallah. I still find it really profound that you are non-Muslim and you put on a hijab. Um, Yeah, that's that's amazing. That's honestly so. You know, going further with my life, with my life with Allah, Mm. uh, my relationship with Allah, there was always a sign. He always 
showed me the signs with everything. And as long as I follow the signs, I've learned how to trust those signs. You took me through everything. So that was, I think, the very first thing that sister, well, now she is, obviously, I know she's a sister, but it's just, she said, well, just, you know, put a simple hijab, you know. Now, actually, I have a few pictures of that. Yeah. And trust me, I look ridiculous. I mean, looking now. <laughs> yeah. You know, left and right. And then, yeah. But those men, they put me eyes down. Mashallah, that's really that beautiful. beautiful. That's really beautiful. And what happened after that, Erlina? Well, after that, I sort of, um, I was studying a little bit. And um, I'm not going to lie to you. Obviously, I met my husband through friends. And um, I always wanted, then I was like, okay, I wanted to convert to Islam. Further studying, further things. and um, But above all, I wanted to, I kind of knew my family might not accept Islam mm -hmm. or accept me being a Muslim, I should say. So I wanted my Muslim family. More than anything, I wanted a Muslim family. A mom who would guide me to Islam. A sister or a brother who would uh, support me on the days I would not be alone and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I met him, obviously, we... We fell in love and he took me to Pakistan. No. Yes, yes, he took me to Pakistan Amazing. and uh, um, um, in front of his mom, my mother-in-law, um, I took my shahada. But, there is a but. My very first shahada in 2009 was if I can only way to explain, it was not as much as accepting Islam, because I believe that Muslim or Christian is the same God anyway. It's the only different ways of, 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 you know, it's a different name. It was me renouncing all beliefs. Mm. Completely renouncing all beliefs. The Son of God, the Trinity, all of that that I believe sort of pushed that away and start fresh. So we got married and um, my family, obviously, in-laws, they're a beautiful family. They accepted me with open arms. And that kind of further, further, like, proved that I'm on the right track. We came back and um, I'm not going to lie to you. I had a baby and I developed prenatal and postnatal depression, very strong depression. Yeah. And that was a few years gap that religion was the last thing on my mind. Yeah. I had to survive day by day. There's nothing anyone could have done. I was on antidepressants. <sighs> it was a very dark moment. Mm. I couldn't, I, I did not connect it back then religion to depression. Now I would obviously think differently. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, I had to leave that aside. Mm. Yeah. I'm just um, read a comment, Lina. Yes, yeah, sure. Uh, Aisha Khaled, oh, what a, what a beautiful story. Jazakallah khair for sharing, sister. Al Alhamdulillah, you found the deen, mashallah. Alhamdulillah, yes. Alhamdulillah. So you and, have prenatal um, and postnatal depression. Yes. Um, and I think it's so important that you mentioned this, Lina, because I feel like it's such a taboo thing. Um, yes. 
in both Muslim and not Muslim community, like when it comes to a woman being pregnant, it's meant to be like the best time of your life. You're meant to be top of the world. Yeah. And then you have the baby and it's like the best thing that's ever happened to you. You know, it's a gift. It's a miracle from Allah. Yeah. And when you're feeling opposite to that, you, I think it makes the depression worse. Am I correct to say Absolutely, that? Absolutely, yes. You're sort of pushing that feeling where you should mm. be stick, stucking with the feeling. Going through that feeling, through that storm, mm. you've been told to push that away. It's like, you know, it doesn't happen and, and it's okay. Like, you know, you'll be all right. Especially my family, bless them. Uh, you just need to have a good rest. It's just a baby, you know, not sleeping. That's all. You just need a rest. You will be fine. Mm. Which is now, it's not that, unfortunately. SubhanAllah. And how mm. did you go from that to uh, embracing the deen and practicing the deen? Two things. Two things happened and they were happening in a space, I think, a few weeks. Mm. Now another story to, um, and honestly, SubhanAllah, it's, it's so, even hearing it back sometimes, it's like, it's, um, I had this book, a book of uh, magic, sorcery, not like real, real magic, but all the star signs and uh, one of those books. I didn't even read it much. I was cleaning the sitting room and on the shelf I had Quran. I actually, uh, sorry, I forgot to mention uh, way before I met my husband, I went to Islamic shop when I was doing my own research. I went to Islamic shop. And if you ask me, I don't remember how I was dressed. I used to wear low cut shirts. I don't remember. Have I put anything out of respect? I don't remember. I just remember going to Islamic shop, looking through Quran, and uh, I found one particularly. I fell in love with it. It's uh, English um, and Arabic, sort of Arabic and translation. And I bought it for myself. Um, I never read it after that. I mean, till uh, the store where we stopped the story. But yeah, um, I had that Quran. Thursday, I was cleaning the sitting room and I was sorting out the books. And I put the um, it's a big shelf. So I put the Quran and believe me or not, mm. I put that very bad book right next to it. May Allah forgive me the ignorance I had. <sighs> I took a few steps back and that book fell on the floor. SubhanAllah. Wallahi, Habibi. Wallahi, he was... It was no way of falling it down. I mean, it's, it's, it, I don't know how it happened. Hmm. And it struck me straight away that what have I done? What have I done? I apologize to God, to Allah. And, and um, so it, it, again, it was sort of reminder after everything I've been through, sort of, okay, there's a God, turn to Him. Hmm. And the second thing was, um, I used to have this neighbor, and bear in mind my depression, she had a few children, she was very loud, and my child wasn't sleeping, mm -hmm. and my depression, it was a horrible years for me. Mm -hmm. um, one time again, I just put my son to sleep, and um, the kids were jumping and screaming, and it was horrible, so I sort of opened the window, and I saw my neighbor across the window, washing dishes and I was just like, oh, I said, neighbor, please, you know, just for an hour or so, I'm sorry, just put my son to sleep. And Miss Kina, that was not my neighbor, it was somebody else. Mm. And that lady straight away, she said, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm very sorry. 
which was so unusual to hear. Story after that, it was Khadija, our mutual friend. Oh, <laughs> she was a Nikabi. She is a Nikabi sister. And her sweetness struck me. Yeah, her sweetness. Her, then after that, we met who was our kids were going to the same school. Uh, she just moved in, apparently. And uh, her sweetness, she was keep on apologizing. Yeah. I was thinking, like, okay, it's not a big deal, but why? Then, obviously, later on, her giving me dawah, how important to have a neighbors, the relationship with neighbors, mm. how that is so important in Islam. I was like, okay, there you go. It's the same religion coming back again. Mm. Sort of, this is what I need. Wow, yes, I want to be that person, and I want to be around these people. InshaAllah. So, yeah, we were, we were, uh, we are very good friends, and... Um, we used to have a lot of tea times, drop the kids to school, we sit, we talk. Well, may Allah really reward her immensely. She gave me so much dawah. But her dawah was very refreshing from a feminine point of view. Um, to the point that one day I came home to my husband, I said, oh, your good days are finished. Your money is my money. My money is my money. <laughs> oh. I said, "Where you gonna end that?" I said, "Don't worry, I'm gonna come back with more." <laughs> oh. And um, so, yeah, I was. Um, Alhamdulillah, I was sort of. I considered myself being Muslim, but not practicing. So, um, the more I was talking to Khadija, the more I was sort of spending time with her. I wanted to be. I wanted to be a Muslim. Uh, but I was shy. I was really shy. Mm. I wrote down on a piece of paper how to pray, what to say, sort of English letters, but what to say in Arabic. Mm -hmm. And um, taught myself how to pray. Mashallah. I was so shy that I wouldn't want anyone else to teach me. Because <laughs> I was so shy to do mistakes. Like, I can't explain it. I, I believe, I hope it was not an ignorance. I don't believe it was. I was just too shy that mm. somebody would tell me, oh, you're doing wrong. Mm. Um, to the point, like, if my husband was home, Maghrib come comes out, I was like, I'm going to go to Khadija's for a few minutes. I'd run to Khadija's house. I'd be like, you have a small room? I'm going to pray there. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so nobody would see me praying. I don't know why was it. Oh. Yeah, and um, so that came. And then, so it was one, basically the Quran and a good neighbor that kind of yes. led you back to Islam. Yes, That's really yeah, sort of showed me wake up, you know, these other mm. things apart from what you're going through. And um, yeah, those two things sort of brought me back to that place Mashallah. where I was in the beginning. That's amazing. That's really amazing. And when, what year was that exactly? Like, do you remember roughly what year it was? 2013, I think. Okay, because it took me about two and a half years to pass through the storm of depression. SubhanAllah. And what would you say, you know, to someone who's listening now and they're going through prenatal or postnatal depression, like what word of advice or advice would you give? Stay in a storm. Don't rush to come out. That's the only way I could, uh, I could like 
You always try to move on. Mm. A bad day comes and you try to move on. Like get better. You know, it's because you feel bad and you now stay with it. Stay with the feeling. Obviously, don't be alone. But it's okay. And there are other people who are going through this. It's okay. Seek help. Don't be alone, but don't rush to recover because that rush will only going to drag you even further because you sort of you're trying to climb the stairs and then you fall and then you have to almost double double the energy to climb up again. Mm. And that was the worst for me. Like that was it was a very dark place. The quite few attempts of quite few attempts of leaving the dunia. Subhanallah. So yeah, it's just uh, the every time to get up and go again was the hardest thing for me. Subhanallah. Alhamdulillah, Allah was with me somehow. He did. Mm-hmm. Then he brought a neighbor. <laughs> yes, mashat barakallah. You know, it's so beautiful with Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. No matter what test, you know, like He sends to you. He, he never leaves you alone. Like never. You, 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 even if you feel alone, it, it doesn't mean you're actually alone. You can feel it, but yeah. if you look around, there, there's at least one person that Allah sends yes. to you. Subhanallah. Yes. And that's the beauty of it. And if we look like even in the Quran, like Allah says, like with every uh, hardship, there, there's there's ease. Comes an ease, yes. Know? Subhanallah. Like with it, like so, it just shows you that. If Allah has said that with every hardship there's ease, when we're going through the hardship, try to look for the ease. Think, okay, I'm going That's through the thing, this. Yeah, of course. Every time, um, if the somebody's going through depression and you don't have, I bear in mind, I did took my shahada, but I didn't have a man. I mean, my man was so low. So it's ten times harder. If we speak to non-Muslim sisters who are going through, for them, it's ten times harder. And another thing I would like to mention that sometimes, like you said, um, find someone that someone not always going to be actually least likely will be your husband or your child. Yes. Everyone was saying to me, I have to love my child. I used to look, bless him. I used to look at him and I used to feel like he, I'm a carer. Mm. I'm only just a carer. There was obviously there was a love, there was protection, um, but it was not them. It was an outsider who I, I found the comfort in. Yeah. Sometimes the same people might not understand around you what you're going through. Mm-hmm. And for as long as you have that one person who says, okay, I understand. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's... Look that's for, sometimes you can't find in front of you, you look for somewhere else outside. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um Okay, subhanAllah. So what happened after that, uh, Lina, after 2013, after you got better, alhamdulillah? Like, what happened after um, that? Then it came one weekend. Um, the only way I can describe that weekend again, it's, it makes, maybe it makes no sense for others, but to me it was an emotional weekend where this fire was inside me. A mm. strong fire now go now it's almost like a, a voice in my head hijab now abaya now um quran read quran now i was already sort of uh, learning how to um pray so praying now it was this uh, I, i took a just let's go and it was now 
It was something right now, not tomorrow, not after five minutes, almost now. So we went to the shop. I found uh, a buyer, found hijab. We went at home. I took hijab, I put hijab on properly this time with the help of the sister. <laughs> and um, yeah, and I came out in tooting. And tooting is a, a lot of Muslim people out there. Yeah. And um, it was a very scary moment. Bless her, she wouldn't even come out with me. I was like, no, you stay home. I'm coming alone. I'm going into the world. And as if you step out of the house and see the world in completely different eyes. It was like this one moment I could feel so strong in my heart. This is it. Hmm. It's like almost a shahada maybe for some people. But this is it. This is me. I'm a Muslim. It was so scary. The brothers are not looking. Or um, my husband's friend would come and say, Assalamualaikum, Assalamualaikum. And he would be like talking to me like this, Sister, so where is your husband? How is he? I'd be like, well, I'm here. Hello. And he would talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, okay, this is this is a new world, okay. He <laughs> <laughs> was a stranger. <laughs> and um so yeah, and uh I did had some difficult I did had some racial issues as well. Not gonna lie. Really? Yeah, uh, yes, um I wasn't really accepted with Asians. Wow. That's my observation. That's my personal experience. Mm. Sort of, uh, maybe, maybe it was my expectation. Sort of, oh, everyone should know I'm, you know, I'm a new Muslim. Mm. Well, you just, um, if let's say, if I would go to Asian shop and I would to sisters, I would say Assalamu alaikum. I would be like, okay, uh, sort of, what do you want? Mm. Said, okay, you know, was, you know, the light was sort of dimming a little bit. Mm. But me, Allah reward the African sisters. May Allah reward them all. They are. Uh, they would hug me. They. Aww. They don't. Know me. They would be doing things like from all part of Africa. It was out of this world. Every sister I met, and mm -hmm. uh, the sister from Ghana, she wouldn't even be like. She. I remember her met because I knew her a little bit. She saw me, and there was this hug, almost tears. Oh, it was this is what I needed this like acceptance in, in sort of in, in the gene yeah a sense of belonging it is yeah and then obviously that's the first you know feeling sort of um, of a newborn I would say you know stepping outside and yeah that's how slowly slowly Alhamdulillah my daughter was born after that mm. um, yeah it was growing Everything, every time was, uh, I had one after that dip when, yeah, so Allah spoke to me through quite few people, okay. I believe. He showed me a signs through people, through actions. Um, I was applying for my own personal flat and it wasn't going through. Mm. It was just wasn't going through. I was uh, refused. I was very upset. And um, one day I remember specifically, um, I had some money and there was this five pound in my pocket. I said, you know, we used to have this charity box in the house. I said, you know what? No, I have enough. I'll give it to somebody else. So I sort of put that charity money. Mm -hmm. Literally, the minute I was put the money, I said, you know, Bismillah, the phone rings. And the lady said, we got the flat. 
and you've been accepted. Wallahi habiba I mean uh, you can't make this stuff I mean maybe you can but it was my husband was there he heard it he saw it he's like you're blessed mashallah he said you're blessed I said I don't know what I'm doing but it's happening mashallah <laughs> the first fastings were the hardest the hardest the shaitan you have to fight the hunger you have to also help you how you do that mm. and it was summers long ones uh how do you guys do that i'll be like okay i'm a muslim too but you know <laughs> uh one i can say a massive thank you to my husband mm-hmm. for you know he's never pushed me never I think he understood that I'm sort of person if any if you push me I'll run backward. Mm. He's never pushed me, he's never judged me. He he gave me space to grow, to build my own relationship with Allah. Mashallah. It was not the um, how many stories we've heard that sisters convert because of the marriages. Yeah. And then as soon as the marriage breaks, sister goes back to her own Yeah. Uh, you know roots and and so he gave me that space to to not to sort of not to follow him but find my own find my own relationship with Allah. Mashallah. And I think that's so beautiful and I think that's something that's really important even not yes. just uh, in 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 a bit um, in relationship between spouses even between parent and child and yes. or siblings like if one of them start practicing and they want the whole house to become practicing um i think it's so important to just step back and just like you had your own journey to allah they're going to have yes. their own journey to allah and that's what's important is that they do it with that willing heart and and that passion and that drive to want to commit to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because you know um our relationship with allah is unique every single person relationship with allah is unique so absolutely if we try yes. to you know button or we try to you know like share like oh you need to do this you need to do that you need to start praying you need to start wearing hijab you need to how do you know that this is the the the, the thing that's going to connect this person's heart absolutely, to allah absolutely yes you know we don't know so some sisters are mad who don't wear hijab and then I sometimes think they're better Muslims than me. Yeah, subhanallah. See, And I say yeah. this to my son every single day. I said whatever happens, well, we've been through some hardships. So I said whatever happens, make sure one thing for the sake of me and for the sake of Allah, build your own relationship. Mm-hmm. Your own not because of what dad says, what I say, your own relationship. It's between you and him, I said. especially when he makes dua for pc4 and he comes i said there you go oh <laughs> <laughs> you go you asked you got it you know <laughs> yeah yeah definitely i think that's so beautiful that uh, we're, like you know to, to be able to understand you know that when you're a mom and you've got a child you can kind of nurture yes. that in them from a young age um subhanallah um okay so what happened after that um you know Well after that um I had to open up to my parents that I've converted and on my luck was the time where they were like oh why I said well you know with all the questions why now I was like well mommy and daddy was muslim nine Sorry. Hello. 
Yeah, you're back, yeah? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Wasn't sure what was happening. Wi-Fi connection, maybe. We've lost Lena. Uh, Um, while we wait for Lena, how are you all, my dear sisters? Are you back, Lena? Yeah, sorry, yeah. Okay, yeah. alhamdulillah. Okay, no worries. Yeah, continue, Charles. So you spoke to your parents, you said. Yeah. And after all the questions, sort of why, how, and when, um, I had a good sort of excuse to say that, look, I've been Muslim from 2009, mm. and it's still me, you mm. know, sort of don't be scared. I've been for years Muslim, <laughs> don't be scared, it's still me. Alhamdulillah. Um, I'm not going to say that they sort of accept me with open arms, but yet they did not judge me as well. They sort of, they chose, they said, okay, if this is your part, you go for it. Yeah. Again, there was one hip uh, sort of bump I have to go through when they came to visit me quite a few times. I was scared. I was scared. How is my dad going to see me with a hijab? How is he mm. going to, what is he going to think? Yeah. And uh, my mom, um, she was the one always sort of, I would speak to her. She would speak to him. And then, okay, everything is good. <laughs> she was a sort of between us. Um, she would prepare him, you know, sort of, she's fine, it's still her. And, and um, yeah, only once that it was to do with the Christmas. They came to celebrate Christmas with us. And I was like, okay, mommy, well, can we not make sort of a Christmas, but sort of, you know, just gathering together as a family, sort of trying to find the middle ground. And that's where sort of an argument a little bit. <clears throat> was there and I was so upset and I believe she trying to use that moment in me because I was so upset like how come you don't understand me and and again Allah spoke to me through Khadija mm -hmm. whereas I went in my room crying my eyes out it was for me it was like the end of the world mm -hmm. and I started texting her and saying to her you know this is what's happening what do I do and she Miskina bless her she said just be patient it's ignorance in them talking, not that not having a knowledge. If they would knew, they wouldn't behave like this. Yeah. And she calmed me down. I went back. I said to them, I said, Mommy, Daddy, I said, I don't smoke now. I don't drink now. I don't go clubbing. I I said, I'm, I respect you. And I just want to be a better person. That's all. Is that something so bad? And that sort of shook them. They're like, okay. Uh, so yeah, the full acceptance came. They were very respectful. Of, even before that, they were really respectful that my kids are Muslims. They would never go against that. They respected my husband that he's a Muslim. There was never, um, never an issue. Maybe that one bump they had to go through because they was a bit scared, like sort of, okay, is it really happening? What is really happening? And then, um, then came... A big, biggest fear in my life, a biggest pain in my life. My mom was terminally ill for years. And every year she was getting slowly closer and closer to living this dunya. So now I have Islam. Now I see things differently, right? Now I see that 
my soulmate. She was not just my best friend. She was my everything. Might not go to Jannah. And believe me or not, nothing in this world scared me more than that. That was, that brought another sort of depression itself. So it was all obviously a lot of duas, a lot of waking up night times, a lot of doing, giving dawah to mom. It's like, especially like, because you know her time is coming. She's getting so like bad every year, every month. Um, she would make one step further, two step backs. If she would, I would give her something, I would talk to her, she would be like, yeah, that's true. After two days, she goes completely against that. I'm like, okay, you know. <laughs> Allah tested me through her like he's never tested me before. And she came, um, she was a very good at drawing. She came, uh, no, I'm lying, she was um, back home. What she did was, she got interested in calligraphy. Mm. And believe me or not, she would just look at the phone on uh, uh, a class and she would copy it with her own hand without knowing what it is. Never seeing Arabic language, never seeing Arabic alphabet, never knowing what it is. She would just copy it. Subhanallah. Wallahi Habiba, this was shook wow, everyone. This is given the me point that my husband was joking, uh, can you make a money? You know, <laughs> you know, she was that good, never seeing Arabic languages alphabet, so it's like, can you make money? You know, and that was like, it was a family joke. And the very first picture she made is in my house now. Yeah. La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. No, Lina. No. Wallahi Habiba. Subhanallah. This is what she, she's not Muslim. No Muslim. No, no. Oh, subhanallah. Subhanallah. And um, so I was praying that Allah would accept her hand testified. I mean, you know, yeah. you're trying to hold on to the littlest things that it comes. I was like, Allah, look, her hand testified. Can that not be enough? And then she came, that was the last summer, uh, the last winter she came. You, they would come always for sort of Christmas time to visit me. That was the last year that she came. And um, she was to, she used to have chronic pains. Mm -hmm. But her people would lie, she would sit all day on the table doing calligraphy. Her pains would go away. Subhanallah. As, as my dad was very sort of, he was never against the religion, but he was skeptical. Mm. One time he went for a smoke and I just followed him just to spend some time with him. And um, he said to me, Lina, there's something in those paintings because it takes away her pain. She is a different, he, as if he got his wife back. Yeah. I said, yes, daddy, I'm trying to give him that, but he is a bit more mm. like, don't tell me what to do type of man. <laughs> she made a lot of paintings. She made a lot of uh, um, different styles, calligraphy, different. Um, and then she wanted it. And then I was, you know, sort of again trying to push it. I was like, Mommy, read about the story classes. And I would give her Russian translations. Yeah. And she would read it and she would be like, Okay. 
Yeah, okay, thank you. She respect. She was always sort of very respectful lady. She would like... <sighs> so that's all, obviously, but she used to say, Lina, I promise you my pains are not there when I'm, when I'm doing calligraphy. The pain's going away. So the time came to go home. She went home. It was sad, obviously, because somehow I knew. We knew she's getting only worse. Now, the change in her was two things. She went back home and she wanted to carry on that calligraphy. I said, Mommy, do one present for me. Again, I sort of had to play around with it. I said, my dream is to have at home 99 names of Allah. I said, you do a lot of free pictures, free frames. One is 33 next to the Eli. I said, I've got a beautiful wall for it. Wait for me. And I've sent her. She said, okay, I'll do it. I've sent her the names in Arabic, how it's written in Arabic, and Russian translation of the names. Mm. And that stroke her. She said, what? She said, why has no one ever told me that this is the God? Wow. She said, is this is what the God is? I said, yes, mommy, that's his names. She was stroken by it. It was, she said, there's nothing in the world she saw more beautiful than that. Oh, more than anything, she, well, Miss Kina, again, she went through this Russian uh, site where they said, oh, if you want to get better, you need to read all 99 names, I think, in the morning and the evening. Okay. It was her way. It was, I, I couldn't say to her, mommy, not, maybe not really, but I said, it still brings Baraka. Mm. You know, if that's what, um, this, that's what it is, do it. You're still reading nine names of Allah. It's not, you know who, who is the Allah, is the God. Yeah, so she would read every morning and evening the nine yes. names of Allah. Yeah, because she's she not even wanted a Muslim to be... yet. No, she's not, no. This is, this is deep, Lina. <laughs> Wow, yeah. subhanAllah. Yeah. I, I would speak to her, I would give her a lot of that, I would just send her. But I was so scared, Habiba, more than anything. Mm. Wallahi, I was scared that she's about to take that step and she goes back. Mm. It was so, so scary for me that she's going to, one moment, she's going to be like, Lina, enough. Please don't like, and, and I was scared of that moment. So Khadija knew everything, my story, bless her. She was always around me, supporting me. She met her. They fell in love with her. I mean, I think they fell in love with each other very deeply. Yeah. And uh, Khadija wrote her letter, oh. an email. Yeah. And uh, more than Khadija, my mom actually, I think, deeply in love with her daughter. Oh. She was like, can I not have, she's my granddaughter. She would just, like, I think at some point she would push her own grandchildren. Something <laughs> with uh, Shakira and, um, yeah, and my mom uh -huh. and my dad, they both, they both literally, my dad actually said the first time I felt this way when I saw my wife and my grandchildren and then Shakira. Oh, that's beautiful. Something that was the bond between them, like, and so her, Khadija and Shakira wrote her sort of an email. And obviously she, oh, 
So my mom asked her, she, uh, she was a bit busy something. She said, just quickly tell me what is the email about because she couldn't speak English. I said, Mommy, they're just, uh, you know, praising you. They, 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 but they're asking you to take Shahada. So they would love to meet you in Jannah. Oh, so she listened. She didn't reply anything. She's like, okay, thank you for very polite lady. <laughs> that was the hard one. <laughs> she went, she would hide the politeness through the politeness. And, and then obviously came the point where, sorry, hello? Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then obviously came to the point where one time she was getting worse and worse. And uh, my dad called. He said, Lina, come. Alhamdulillah, again, I can only thank Allah and my husband. As as uh, not very much on hand dad he was with the kids he said leave the kids go okay. I went there the hardest thing oh so for the first time I went there she was encephal she had encephalopathia which is a condition when uh, toxics um, um, toxic things affect your brain, your thinking. But she would pick up a remote and think it's a phone where she would not recognize people. At that point, I said, that's it. How am I? As, as the pain that you have dealing with your mom, with the pain of, of, of her becoming like this, it was like, that's it. The chance of, of Shahad is gone. Exactly the very same time. Um, sorry, Habiba. It's okay. Exactly the same time. I was on Facebook. And I saw on Khadija's post, uh, when beautiful sister made some comment. I can't remember what was the comment. But I clicked on that sister's um, Facebook yeah. account. And it was you. Me. <laughs> yes. Oh, and now I just got interested in everything you're writing. I saw you lost your mom. But the way you was describing your relationship with mom, by Allah, it was exactly what I needed. May Allah forgive me. It's um it's only my own thinking. A lot of sisters are close to their parents. Maybe not everyone is able to express that. Mm. But the closeness you had was exactly the closeness I had. And you were describing your loss, your feelings, mm. your previous like one, um, how you was with her before and how you are now. Wallahi I thought if this girl is still smiling after losing mom, inshallah, I will be okay. And he came right the time. It's like he was preparing me. He was preparing me for what's to come. So yeah, I went back home and when we took her to hospital. Alhamdulillah, there was quite expensive medicine. 
that we had to buy, but was able to bring her back into her own consciousness. We bought that medicine. She had that medicine. <sighs> she was on transplant list, but obviously she was deteriorating quite far, quite quickly. Mm. <sighs> Then she was a bit better. I uh, was able to come home for a week to see my kids. I went back to her again. Um, when I went back, she was even worse than what I left her. And I was with her. I remember I took her home. She wanted a shower. She wanted a. Now her finger was a hustle mm. that she wanted. She wanted a very deep shower, and she couldn't even stand anymore. I washed her, and we took her back to hospital. And there, doctors came. That was Friday. Doctors came and said, after further test, we're very sorry, but only a few days left. I remember not being able to breathe. I'm sorry if I get emotional. No, that's fine. Subhanallah, finding now. And again, I remember the staircase hospital. All of those, you know. I've called my husband. I, I can't call my dad or my brother because they were both driving at that time, and I was generally scared an accident will happen. So I called my husband because that time was Friday. I checked the time; he should be somewhere around Juma time. I'll be like, maybe he can make dua for her. I couldn't go and sujud because I was on my holidays, if you know what I mean. Mm. And. Um, He didn't answer the phone. He did. He was just probably mustered, and he said, "I didn't hear the phone." And who do I call? I call Khadija. Ah, oh, Subhanallah. And she, um, through all the support and everything, uh, she said so many things. But somewhere in between, she said, "Lina, give her that one now." Yeah. And the exactly same feeling. Remember, I was telling you about that weekend of that feeling now. Now go now that burning fire, it came over me to the point that Hadija carried on talking, but I was like, Hadija, I have to go, I have to go by. She's like, I'm there for you. I said, Okay, that's fine. I have to go. I went into the room. I remember that was obviously first time where I couldn't hold my tears in front of her, and she said, Um, what is it? You're not telling me something. Then mm. I said, uh, Mummy. Doctor said this soon. Yeah. She looked in the window. She said, "Okay, whatever God's going to give me, I'll take it." I said, "Mummy, I want to see Jenna." And she said, "Okay." At that point, I was like, "Okay, what?" She tell me what to say. She took a shahada. I don't know. I I don't know how, but if you ask me what was happening, I don't know because how did I, I actually even took the video of it? Because there was no witnesses. My brain was somewhere else. I was like, you need to have witness. You know, sort of. It's this this is so suddenly that I I couldn't function, and I was like, okay, we'll record you. I'll show somebody else. Like this is what happened. At least I will have a witness. Um. 
Then I translated in Russian to her very much uh, as soon as she said, I never until now says that her pronunciation is uh, like a true Arab. Yeah, it was. I remember seeing that video. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, she said it. And I was, and oh. I was so scared that she's going to say, okay, no, 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 what am I saying? No, I, I can't describe that fear. Again, that step she makes. And I'm scared that she's going to take it back. It's this, this fear of, but she didn't. And she got only worse. She mostly slept after that. I would say, Mommy, can I put Quran for you? She said, yes, put Quran for me. Don't just put Quran for her. And the very next day, I was alone in the room with her because my boys, bless them, couldn't take it. She was in agony. I remember her breathing so slow. And suddenly she looked up above me into the wall. And I knew he's here. And she took her last breath. Men of God had the highest grade in Jannah and may I reunite you with her at the gates of Jannah, the Fredos, and you enter Jannah together. Allahumma min habibi to you too, Mom. Amen. But the worst came after. When I couldn't bury her as a Muslim. Oh. I couldn't. I couldn't stand. We have a very big family. Very big. And they all came. And they're all Christians. And... <laughs> me standing there alone oh sorry as soon as she took her last breath I called the doctor they had to confirm that she died I don't know where from I was deserved the need of at least I said I'll do voodoo for her her very fast voodoo I did it somehow I did not even know you're not supposed to put the water in the mouth and alhamdulillah I didn't <laughs> it was so like <laughs> And they took her away. I had to bear her as a Christian. I wasn't hiding that I'm Muslim. I was proud of it. But I couldn't stand in front of my dad who was broken. My brother was, he's young, much younger than me, even further broken. To tell them more suddenly, no, don't do this or don't do that to her, I couldn't. And I'll still ask Allah to forgive me for that. For not having that strength. Alhamdulillah. 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 And um, yeah, so we buried her and Alhamdulillah came home. Um, told my dad and my brother, she took Shahada. Um, my brother even listened to that. He couldn't watch it, but he listened to the recording of her taking Shahada. In the hope of maybe one day that's going to be for him a stepping stone. Accepting Islam because his mother did. Inshallah. Yeah, came home obviously. Again, the same storm came. And then a big depression came over that her shahad is not accepted. Especially, I'm not going to mention... Who the person was, but I would like I would like to take this opportunity 
to ask every person who listens to this. Think twice before you say anything. I went to this very dear sister of mine. And I was so proud to tell her my mom. She asked me, how's your mom? I said, she passed away. But she took her shahada. And I hope everyone's obviously telling me, oh, you know, oh, be happy. Be happy again. You know the same feeling of sort of be happy. Mm. How can you be sad? Look at your mom. She's a shahida. You know, she, she, she took her shahada. She's going to go Jannah. So you sort of on that wave right now. And the sister looked at me. She said, oh, but did you know five pillars of Islam? Subhanallah. Did You're you seriously know? Oh, she said, but did you know six pillars of Iman? Yeah. And that just shook me worse it's than just, ever. It's ignorance. It's ignorance, Lina. It's completely it's ignorance. Very sort of practicing sister, mashallah. And, mm, and still and ignorant. May Allah, may Allah, you know, for, for, forgive me. Um, it's just I'm trying to give this as example mm. of how that took me in such a depression that Russia had is not accepted. That's it. I've buried her as a Christian on top of it. Like, you know, what am I going to do now? That traumatized me up beyond. Because that was like one thing that I needed to make do after her passing. That's one thing I needed. Alhamdulillah, uh, again. Uh, I've got this number of the Imam in Lush Masjid. Yeah. If you ask me his name, I don't know. Imam Shakil, I, I think, yeah. And um, I've called him. Um, he said, oh, sister, do you want an appointment or do you want to just talk? I said, Imam, can we talk? And I started telling him he was so patient with me. He allowed me to say every single sort of was-was I had, every single little question I had. And um, and just so happened, subhanAllah, he had a friend who was a Lithuanian brother, who is a revert. And he said, sister, he said, sister, do you mind me asking where you're from? I said, I'm from Lithuania. And then obviously he did open up and he said, I understand. He had that deep understanding how our people are very strict in opening up to the new culture, new religion, new sort of thing. So he had sort of deep understanding. And he said, Sister, after listening to every single thing you said, I can declare as a mom that your mom has taken shahada mm -hmm. and inshallah it will be accepted. Exactly. And that was enough for me. Exactly. That was enough for me for my for my peace of mind. SubhanAllah. You know, Lena, this is what I mean when I say the ignorant because even like despite how somebody um, dresses or how somebody you know you know practices the religion, when it comes to things like this, that's when you know when they're ignorant. Because yeah. if this person knew the religion, if this person knew the sirah, knew the sunnah, knew the stories of the companions, right? They would know that there was a companion who, subhanallah, like died without even performing like one sajda. Yes. He took his shahada and then he went, right? And then he passed away and, and, and he, he, that's what happened. He took his shahada and then he yes. went out and he fought and he, and he passed away. SubhanAllah. Yes. So 
and, and the scholars later on they'll say um, let me tell you about a man who is from the people of Jannah without ever performing like one sajda subhanallah yeah. right so he didn't have to sit down and ask himself uh, and, and be you know uh, be told of pillars of iman pillars of no he took a shahada he's a muslim and he passed away you know uh, you know in battle so this is what I mean when they're ignorant, because this is when the ignorance comes. Even to the point, there's another people were saying, you know, when you uh, you say La ilaha illallah, my translation in Russian was, if I translate back to in English directly, word by word was, I believe there's only one God. I said God, not Allah. Okay. Even that was told to me that this is wrong. That are supposed to be there is only one Allah. But I had to understand she was halfway here and there. Yeah. I had to simplify to the biggest, to the to the like just for her just to accept it, to yeah. understand what she's saying. Yes. So yeah, um this is something that, you know, I want us to all we 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 don't know when and what we say to people. Yes, definitely. And I think it's very, very insensitive. If you just kind of just leave the religion to the side, um, I think it's very insensitive that when somebody is grieving, when somebody is going through it like a, like a time of you know despair or time of de- whatever it may be, they just go for a really long yes. time. And if we need yes. to come along and make comments or, or question, it's just it's very insensitive, and it just tells you a lot about how much this person still has to go um, because it's got it's not something. Like, like so the way, like what I'm trying to say is that it's not always about the religion. It's not always yes. about okay, haram, halal, you know, this that. Sometimes it's just be a human, you know. Yes. Like where's where's your rahma? Where's your where's your I don't know. Where's your compassion? Where's your where's your humanity? And, and when you look at the Prophet, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he was he was set as a mercy to mankind, and you see this in his dealings with with all people. Um, and it just doesn't make sense when you have somebody who claims to be a Muslim and claims to follow, you know, the Sunnah or claims to follow the way of the Prophet uh, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Yet when it comes to like like things like this, it's like that humanity is just not there. The rahmah is just not there. The compassion is just non-existent. Um, That's the thing. Sometimes if you can't say anything kind, better don't say anything. Exactly. If you want to be with the, the person, day, give it that feeling with the person. Stay with that feeling with the person. Don't say anything if you can't say anything kind. Exactly. Is that this 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 a lot of things of being right in Islam these days so much? I know the right way. That's the only way, and you know so many things that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. May Allah accept the shahada. May Allah reunite you in Jannah for those. Um, Subhanallah. That story honestly was just so inspiring. And obviously, this is the first time I've heard it, you know, in full. And um, I'll ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept it from you for sharing it with us. And, and I pray that her, her story inspires, like, many other reverts out there who want their, you know, their mother or their father or their relative, you know, to accept Islam, to never give up and, and to always um, like have hope in Allah that Allah you know, will be granted the shahada, like, subhanAllah. Um, so what happened after that, like? Uh, Lena, how did you manage to get out of the depression after losing your mom? I didn't. Because her pass away in October, um, the kids sort of take over the, you know, school runs a little bit. You, you kind of... Um, um, December, my husband started feeling not well. 
January he started developing further symptoms. And by and it was some reason it took so long to diagnose him and that was the I knew what it is for some reason. Well I, I kinda of thought I knew and um yeah, in January or February diagnosis came. Cancer. Mm. And he was not feeling well. I was like, okay. And this very funny thing where talking about my emotions, uh, when it comes to crunch, the same thing was with mom. Emotions switched off. Mm. There's a physical, I know what to do. Alhamdulillah, I'm very good. I'm not squeamish of blood or any of the, you know, I have some background knowledge with medical sort of knowledge. I was like, okay, I know what to do. We're carrying on. We're thinking about children. We're thinking about him. We're thinking about other people. I'll think later. I'll be okay. I have Allah. I'll be okay. Allah will take me. And even with mom, Allah has put me, you would think, sitting there in the room alone, seeing her having the last breath. You would think, you may be, it's horrible. But Allah puts Sakina. Mm. Allah puts, he's there for you. He's there with you. Just, 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 just give him that opportunity to be there. Open your heart to him and he will hold you. So, yeah, we have cancer, we have treatments, we have plans, we have hospitals appointments, we have children. <sighs> Everything seems to be okay. There's a new ways of living, new rules, new changes, a lot of things happening. And I can't now remember which month was it, August uh, so July or something. He's got an operation to remove the tumor. He goes into, again, hospitals. Trust me, hospitals is not the place I want to be. Mm. Again, hospitals. So I take the kids to school. And at that time, Khadija was in Ethiopia. She was on holidays. And again, Allah, you know, like you said, Allah gives hardship and he gives ease. I mean, this beautiful sister, mm. uh, Somalian sister, and she has mom, and their mom becomes my mom now. Oh, the love they have for me and the love I have for them, I call her Hoya, I said, you my mom, and she says, you my daughter, and there is no other way, mm. and she gives that motherly feeling to me that I'm lacking. And especially those days. So uh, we got to take him to hospital and he's about to go in the corporation. We say goodbye to him. And everything obviously brings back all the memories with mom. All the fears, all anxiety, all panic attacks. I had severe, severe panic attacks where I couldn't breathe. I would walk in the middle of the road. I could end up having a panic attack. And uh, my friend comes, uh, Ifra. She comes, she says, look, um, she was looking after my kids. She said, come, we'll go for chicken. We just come out of the hospital. She she understood hospital is not a good place for me. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, let's go. Your operation is supposed to be like three, four hours. We're eating food and I couldn't eat, but I was there. The hospital calls. We're very sorry. That's the, how they start. And you're not. Oh, you want to hear? We're very sorry. Mm. I'm thinking that's it. He's dead. They're saying um, we couldn't go through operation. 
um, uh, his oxygen dro level dropped and we, uh, we had to sort of bring him back and there was a lot of technical words that you have to come. So I'll go back. And um, he was in coma for five days. On the second day, that I, first day, I had a lot of friends calling me and say, especially I've got one uh, sister, um, Shabana, she works in a different hospital. And she said, Lena, what you're going to see is going to be horrible, but be ready. It's not as bad as it is. It's an ICU coma. Um, yeah, I saw him and, and I was there and... It's horrible. Again, emotions switched off. You have to do what you have to do. Sit there, alhamdulillah. I trusted only Allah. The dhikr, the duas, the rukia. Um, the only worst thing was that, obviously, his family back home were, wanted updates, and it was difficult to update them. On the second day I came, his temperature was up. Then my friend was with me by evening. The doctor said, can we please talk to you? I said, yes. Mm. They closed the curtain and they told me they're doing everything they can. But there's a very high chance he's not going to survive. He is like that critical. Even being as critical as he is. And I remember hold, like just like mom's hand, I was holding his hand, the warmness of the hand. I was like, this is it. This is the last time I feel the warmness again. And I remember just, I couldn't breathe. Suddenly, there's no oxygen. There's no air in my lungs. And the only like, next thing I can feel, Ifra's hand on my hand, and the words say, Alhamdulillah. And with that, Alhamdulillah, breathe. Um, yeah, I had to leave ICU because there's only like up to certain time you can stay there. It was sort of my goodbye to him. I came home. I have to smile. Bless my father. Uh, it's painful to lose loved one. There's no measure of pain. Who loses, you know, you can sometimes maybe lose, I don't know, a kitty and you might really suffer. That's not the point. Mm -hmm. But the hardness of being a father, even to grown-up children, when you have to smile to children, mm -hmm. but your insides are burning. I've called that day my dad. I said, Daddy, forgive me. I never understood how hard it is to smile children looking at your mommy house. Daddy, and you say, inshallah, you'll be okay. You're burning inside. And um, my brother straight away said, okay, I'm coming. I'm coming. And something inside me then switched. I said, no, you're not going to come. He's not dying. No. You'll come when he dies. You are not. It's like confirmation he's not dying. And then alhamdulillah, it took us five days. It was a very big fight. Very big fight. He pulled through. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, he goes through. He needs to learn how to walk again. How to? He was very weak for so long. And uh, yeah, they said no more operations for him. They don't know what happened to him. His lungs just collapsed, and then he developed double pneumonia. And um, yeah, then we were requested for next up 
something, well, what's next? That now cancer is spreading. What do we do next? And they offered him a chemo and radiotherapy. Okay. Very strong chemo and radiotherapy. That's another two months of, of, of struggles. If anyone knows what it is, they know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, Lena, I'm so sorry to interrupt yeah. you. Um, the live's going to end. Um, so, inshallah, we'll start the live again and then continue yeah. story, inshallah, yeah? Sure, sure. All right, so sisters, join us, inshallah. Assalamualaikum. Yeah, continue, inshallah. Yeah, no, so, um, alhamdulillah, after a very, very strong, uh, long battle, he's cancer-free. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, he's cancer-free. Uh, obviously, further checks, further, um, uh, uh, you know, scans and everything needs to be done, but so far, alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah. And um, that sort of was... Alongside being another test, mm -hmm. it was sort of going through all the emotions with mom again. Mm. Him having a clear and surviving that test, surviving actually coming through because it was, it's like, oh, I'm losing him, I'm losing like, like mom. Him coming through was a thing, sort of um, a healing process as well. Mm. It's a battle that this battle I was able to win. That's beautiful. And slowly, slowly, I was able to let go. It took me, I still, and get me wrong, I believe I still have so many bad days. But mm. I cry, I miss her, I'm still... But now I can rely on, on Allah, I can rely on Dean, I can... Yeah. It's, it's different now. It's very beautiful. Can I read the comment uh, by Aisha? Alhamdulillah, I know what it's like. My dad got very critically ill with cancer and doctor said we, should, we would lose him, but he's still here and okay many years on. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, that's really beautiful. Um, and I remember when your husband got diagnosed, I remember it wasn't even a year since your mum had passed away, right? A few months. Yeah. Two months. So how did you, like, I know you said, like, emotionally you were detached, but what kept you going, uh, Lina? Like... Because that, that, that's, that's like a massive test and then another massive test straight after. Like, what kept you, like, your iman going? What kept, like, your mind, you know, um, in a frame where you're just like, you know what, I need to get through this? Like, how did you do that? It was this um, very strong sense of it's a last test. The presence of Allah was very strong. But it's mostly more than, I think if anything were to happen to me, I, you know, when I, sometimes I think, okay, we're all going to go one day. And um, I'm not scared for going. I'm not scared for myself. I'm scared for what happens to others. Mm -hmm. And when I have to look after others, that's where I think I find myself at peace. Mm -hmm. That my emotions, what I feel regarding the situa situation is not important. It's irrelevant. Which is, I'm not saying it's a healthy way to do, absolutely not. But this is, I think, how, uh, how I'm built. Yeah. The fact that I had to be there for him and plan in case of something. <sighs> the kids asking questions, seeing dad being ill. Um, you have to smile through the things. Um, I think that's what kept me going. I think if that would be me, I don't know how, how would that be. Yeah. I, I'm really not. Oh, no, no, but because I have to be for somebody else, I think that kept me going. 
you just have to do things it's like with mom as well as much as as much as it was painful and as much as uh, however you feel you have to be there for the person um, i think that's what kept me going i think if that would be me i don't know how how would that be yeah. I, i'm really I, i don't know but because i have to be for somebody else i think that kept me going you just have to do things it's like with mom as well as much as as much as it was painful and as much as uh, however you feel you have to be there for the person and i think that's where my mama lord how i used to always say you'll find the true happiness in helping other people that's a true happiness mm. it's not that you know one day happiness it's not the temporary happiness it's the happiness that and this is what i was doing i think that's what kept me going if i if at that point if i knew if we're going to lose him i'll think about it later i'll deal with it later right now as the kids right now it's it's, it's him mm. and i think that was and by the way you know sometimes you see a tunnel you see the light and you just keep on feeling you're holding on not to go into that light yeah <laughs> alhamdulillah you know like allah only tests those whom he loves and yes. subhanallah like the stronger your iman the stronger the test so all the prophets got tested subhanallah yes. and this is why allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shares the shares the, the stories of the prophets in the quran like again and again and again so yes. that we can you know so their stories can resonate with us so that we can yes. see that allah will test us and that's just the way of life like we, you will be tested um so you know i remember alone, reading this you know? over and over again that um there was the sentence on on instagram i think i read it that the one that told you to have sabr is the one that lost uh, uh, lost six children his parents sallallahu alaihi wasallam he tells you to be so imagine to go through that and still say to mm. have sabr and that's the key yes definitely definitely subhanallah um it's been a really really emotional and really um like really inspiring uh, stories listening and just hearing your story really now and I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept it from you uh, and to bless Allah you and only grant his love and his companionship um just as a quick wrap up um what three pieces of advice actually before that question um what one person would you pick um that has inspired you supported you and like that means like is like your rock who would be that person and why right now or all this time just generally in your life if you look back at your life like who's that one person i mean from i think from physical point of view it would be my kids because like regardless of what you're going through you still have to get up in the morning you still have to make breakfast you still have to and that sort of having that routine having the little kids that look up to you and and you have to be strong for them I think that's the one thing that I don't know why would I be without them. Subhanallah. May Allah preserve them and, and protect Allah them. Allahumma amin. Amin. Um, okay, and the next question. What three pieces of advice would you share with your younger self? Oh, that's a tricky one because I remember, remember you and me went to this uh, solace um, yeah. where we met first time. Yeah. And there was this question, uh, what would you give yourself advice in the future regarding like 
And that was, I remember that I cried in that time, like, this is, like, this is a hard one. What was the opposite direction? You see things, you run. <laughs> no, of yeah. course not. Um, I would say that, look, it's going to hurt. It will hurt a lot. But stay with it. Stay with through every test. Don't rush. Don't rush to leave the storm again. The storms will come and stay in the storm. Learn how to ride the storm and only then you will be okay. Because that's one thing that with every test in my life, even with the losing mom with these people, you know, grievement, the, 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 this needing of rush to pass the grievement period, uh, you know, rush to, the, you know, no. Two years down the line and only now you're starting to grieve. Only now the realization of what really happened kicks in. Two years. So no matter what happens, I think as long as we know how to ride in a storm, Stay with our emotion. Accept our emotions. Because it's very easy to accept a good emotion. But accept the bad emotion. Accept it's okay to feel bad. That's the most important thing. SubhanAllah. So stay with your emotion, yeah? Yes, yeah, stay with your emotion. Learn how to be happy in a storm. I mean, find the happiness. Find the, the little... Star in a storm, in a storm. Because even in the worst times, there's always something good to look for. Every day, I say to myself, to my kids, to my family, look for in the worst of times. Look, somebody's dying. She is a Muslim. Husband is going. He took his shahada before he passed away. Oh, sorry, before he went into coma. I'm so sorry. Before we went into coma, he took his shahada. That's already the last thing he said. It was shahada. So that's already good. You know, the, the kids, if something happens, the kids will be the children of Shaheed. That's already good. I mean, it's as bad as that sounds. Hold on to that. In a storm, hold on to that. Inshallah. And what's another two pieces of advice you'd give to yourself, younger self? Oh, another two. Oh, I was hoping you'll be another. We <laughs> <laughs> <You> want more. <laughs> uh, trust your feelings. Mm -hmm. Trust your instincts. That's uh, that's very important, I believe, as well. And and every single day, tell your parents how much you love them. Mm -hmm. If anyone has mom and dads, call them, tell them, hug them, wash their feet, kiss their hands, brush their hair, spend time with dads, spend time with moms. That's it. That's the happening. There's nothing else I think needed. SubhanAllah. Jazakallah khair. I'm just going to read the comments. Uh, Aisha Khala, Jazakallah khair for sharing your inspirational journey. What an emotional but touching story. Lots of love, du'as and hugs. Great advice, sister. Um, okay, mashallah. We've come to the end of the episode. Uh, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept what's been said and what's been heard and to make evidence for us and not against us on the day of judgment. Um, subhanallah, what an absolutely inspiration, inspirational and touching story. Just like Aisha said, 
um, and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept it from you and for every person who's been here tonight and listened to her story and watched it and for those who'll be listening on the podcast or watching over on YouTube um, we ask you shall to make dua for, for Lina and to make dua for her family and to make dua for, for her mother Allah rahma. Um, and uh, subhanallah like I really advise you my dear sisters to share like uh, Lina's story um, with all the Reva sisters that you know uh, because over the years alhamdulillah like, I've had many Reva sisters and I know that the one thing that they all crave is this is for their parents to take the shahada especially like their mom so share it to kind of ignite hope in them, uh, in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and to just not give up. Like Allah can literally give someone hidayah, yes. like just, you know, hours or days before that they return to him. Yes. Um, so inshallah, barakallah fiki, Lina. Uh, it's, it's been an absolute Thank honor and pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you, happy brother. Uh, <laughs> I really, I really, really appreciate it. And just to say, love you all, Reva sisters. Honestly, you all inspire me to keep on the deen. Yes, definitely. SubhanAllah. Um, okay, we'll end it here, inshallah. Take care of yourself. And inshallah, we'll, we'll inshallah, see you all next week for episode uh, 8. Assalamu uh, alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.